Hello, welcome to the Fantastic Grotto. My name is Rudy. Joining me is my lovely co-host, Tasha. Welcome to our Cave of Wonders as we discuss movies, television, thingamabobs, and all things fantastic. Tasha, how are you? How am I today? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm living, I'm existing, I'm out here. You know, Mm -hmm. you out here? You loving the new place? Getting it done. You... (laughs) <laughs> yeah you don't you don't sound convinced <laughs> are you still getting used to it i'm still getting used to living in a studio i keep telling all of my friends the story i had a friend come help me to get um rid of the old couch and my friend he's such a simple person like I mean like straight to the point i was like oh it's a studio the new place is a studio but i want a one bedroom um and he was like well how much more would that be i was like oh like 200 dollars." he said you want to pay 200 dollars for a door and I said, it's, <laughs> it's not just a door. He said, it's just a door. <laughs> and so he, when I went upstairs, I was like, huh, maybe it is just a door. Like, <laughs> I walked into the apartment. I was like, so I'm like trying to get comfortable just having a studio and, and talking to him did help. But he's also annoying because no, it's not just a door. It's a door to another room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> annoying but as one of my friends since i was like 14 so shout out to him coming to help me i'm loving the new place i wanted to ask you Mm -hmm. um how did you do anything yet for your birthday i've done a few things uh yesterday i i I was surprised by my birthday so my mom showed up with like balloons and ice cream cake and i'm like mom oh my gosh she's like i'm gonna go to work but i wanted to swing by and get you something i'm like oh mom so yeah she brought me actually no it wasn't an ice cream cake it was like an ice cream pizza oh yeah so basically it's an ice cream cake but flat yeah yeah i was like oh this is a thing okay cool i did not know i've never seen that before i'm excited i think that a true celebration involves ice cream cake Mm -hmm. yeah and it was oreo and i love oreo that's like my number one favorite flavor so she knows me so well yesterday i went uh, to selena's salinas no but i'm selena's (laughs) (laughs) if you know you know but uh, I went to Selena's with my friend Anne, and she's so cool. We've hung out a few times already at theme parks, and we went to go see a certain movie that sadly I cannot talk about because of the writer's strike, but I would love to at some point. Uh, so we went um, out. Uh, it gave me a chance to just enjoy the new car, test out the speakers properly, and just enjoy it. I was actually going through my Beyonce catalog of music because mm-hmm. since you went to the show, I thought, you know what? I just want to have like a Beyonce marathon on the way there. So just two hours and like almost 30 minutes of just nonstop Queen Bee. And I loved it. Uh, I love Greenlight from the B-Day album. B-Day is my favorite album. Greenlight is so So, good. Yes. Anytime a a B-Day song came on, I was like, yes. And I only listened to the extended version of Get Me Bodied. I don't do the standard version. (laughs) (laughs) That's the first album that she kind of ventured into a visual album because she had videos for all of those songs, even though they weren't all singles. Mm Mm-hmm. And it, it felt very much like you had to like, know to know because it wasn't, I don't, maybe I missed it. It just didn't feel like it was very well, like how we know, like everything's a visual album now. It yeah. kind of felt like, oh, Beyonce released another video. Oh, Beyonce released another video. Beyonce released another video. Now that I look back at it, I was like, oh, she's been playing with this idea yeah. for a while. We were late to the party. Yeah, just for us to just for her to give us no visuals for Renaissance. I'm still mad about it. I'm never letting it go, Beyonce. You are the visual baby. That's what she said. You're yeah. the visual, Tasha. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. The entire Don't. beehive. <laughs> yeah, sure. You guys let her beat you in the head. I <laughs> <laughs> this is what I wanna see. Visuals. This is what I wanna see. Oh, by the way, I forgot to ask you this last time. So did everyone go on mute when she went during um energy? My section went on mute because when I was walking into my section, there was a lovely uh, Hispanic gentleman who said, hey, just so you know, don't forget to go on mute to every person who came into the section. (laughs) And I was like, you are the MVP of the section because you've told everyone. He said, I'm very serious. I said, I I applaud you. (laughs) Like, (laughs) My section definitely went on mute, but we didn't. We definitely didn't win mute wars. I don't know if you saw Atlanta. Uh, oh, well, let's talk about that really quick. So there's people saying Atlanta won, and I'm like, no, no, you can hear the people screaming in the back. So Beyonce said y'all won, but I'm like, Beyonce, I love you, but they did not. So if if mother said it, <sighs> if the queen, like, 
that's the thing. I was like, not her telling them they won. I was like, they're never going to shut up about it now. Like, they're literally <laughs> exhausting. Atlanta is an exhausting place already. They're never going <laughs> to oh, shut no. up about this now. They're never going to. I was like, wow, you gave them that, girl. Mm-hmm. Wow. But she was impressed. And um, they did do a better mute than other people. I actually mm-hmm. love all the compilations of mute where people are holding their camera and they're recording and they're quiet and they're standing next to the person who doesn't mute. Yeah, those are hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you can look, see the look on their face. They're like, really? The one where the girl goes, yeah. And everybody turns around and goes, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that one. I was doing the math, not only financially, but also on my schedule for when the Renaissance store is going to be in the L.A. area. She's going to go to Inglewood. Sadly, that is literally going to be the weekend before a big family trip that I have planned. Mm-hmm. So not only am I broke, but I can't make it either way. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm like, no! I'm so going to tell you, Rudy, mm-hmm. as and I'm not trying to guilt you. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. Okay. But my friends who all my like LGBTQIA friends, I just feel like you guys, this is for you guys. She made this for you. And when I'm in there, it mm. feels like how I feel when I'm at the balls or when I'm at you guys' clubs. Mm-hmm. And I, it makes me so sad that you can't go because you would feel so seen. And that's one of the things that the, the people were saying that they were like, they feel so seen by Beyonce based off of this, this tour, this album, and I don't know, I'm not telling you to, to force it and I'm not telling it to guilt you, but I'm just telling you that it does make me sad because also my friends, Robin Noel, they weren't able to go. Mm-hmm. And if you know me, then you know Robin Noel. There are a couple and I'm, I was, like, I was so, they've come with us to other Beyonce concerts. They're not even huge Beyonce fans, but they've come to other ones, but they haven't been able to make it to this one. And I'm so sad for them because I only know who the commentator is uh, because of them, they're the ones who taught me and showed me, and so. I don't like asking you. my parents for money, but I just might be like, "Hey, can I borrow some?" <laughs> like, I might, <laughs> just do it. I might just do it. I'll run that credit I want card that up. Experience. I want to go on mute and then give people the side eye for not shutting up. I want that whole experience. Yep. I really do. But <laughs> the music, and I've told you before how the only concert I went to was Formation, and that still was an experience in itself. So. Mm-hmm. I really want to go. I really, really want to go. It's again. I don't. I'm not that person that tells you to sell a kidney to see Beyonce. But, but. <laughs> I am saying, if you can make it happen, make it happen. Mm. Um, it's. I like I said, I loved all her tours, but we talk about Beyonce a lot. I well, not we. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna own this. It's me. Mm-hmm. I'm the problem. <laughs> <It's me. laughs> okay, Swifty. Yeah, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm, I'm the problem. So yeah, mm. but anyway, moving on. I guess we can move because we've been talking pop culture. Anyway, I guess let's move to fantastic news. <laughs> yes, <laughs> let's go. Today on fantastic news, these are the stories that recently caught our attention this week. For everyone that has been celebrating Summerween and have been celebrating for the past couple of weeks, you are in for a special treat if you like to go to theme parks. So. Uh, in Disneyland, this is the final week for the regular Haunted Mansion ride. It will close on Monday the 14th, which is tomorrow, actually. Holiday version of the attraction, which will open up on Friday, September 1st, and will stay in theme until January. But not just that. For those of you that are in the Florida area or planning to go, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party has officially started in Magic Kingdom. I really want to go to that. And on top of that, <laughs> we also have the Oogie Boogie Bash around the corner, which will begin on Tuesday, September 5th. And fun fact, that's actually the day I'm going. I decided to go on that particular day, the day after Labor Day, just because in general, it's like slow at the parks. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited. Uh, you did not explain because one, everyone who listens to our show is not a theme park person. So mm-hmm. you are going to have to explain what you were saying about the Haunted Mansion. And it's changing over. So you have to explain that to the audience. So to answer your question, uh, for those of you that don't know, the popular Haunted Mansion ride is going to have a huge makeover starting this week. So uh, for those of you that are fans of Jack Skellington, him and all of his friends from Halloween Town take over the Haunted Mansion. So it's a mix of both Halloween and Christmas. I love it so much. 
love the regular ride iconic love it one of my top three favorite rides but there's something just so special about jack skellington taking over the ride and just Mm. making it this bizarre dreamlike type of thing you know it's spooky on the regular but then you have this touch of halloween extra halloween added to it and christmas on top of that so i love it so much and for those of you that have not experienced it i really do hope one day you could just save up money go have fun at the and experience that on your own it's just so fun so again whether it's the regular haunted mansion ride or the jack skellington version you're gonna love it so wait actually tasha have you ever done that version of the ride yeah mm-hmm. Ooh, did you like it <laughs> yeah i'm done it's funny you'd be asking me i'm like yeah you know i did that like you know, I, did that. <laughs> I make a point to experience the things life is about mm-hmm. memories and it's about experiences and i go and i experience the things mm-hmm. but deck the hall it's called wreck the halls i believe is what the makeover is if you oh, were yeah. to watch the imagineering story on disney plus they let you know a little bit more about it but they do it annually they come in around um late august to revamp it they do a whole new skin over the ride you'll see all the characters from the nightmare before christmas they also have a gingerbread house an actual gingerbread house on the table in one of the scenes it's done annually Uh, it stays a little bit too long in my opinion because it's going to be basically there from august until January, (laughs) it's a little too long, but that's because we also start Halloween a bit too early in the theme park community. Mm -hmm. So that's why Rudy was saying anybody that's ready for Summerween, it has begun. And as we mentioned in our last episode, as soon as the pumpkin comes out, it's kind of hard to keep fighting because people have already, a lot of people I know have already decorated their homes and you guys make me sick. Speaking of the pumpkin, I'm actually glad. So, okay, please don't judge me. I did not know (laughs) until last year that the giant pumpkin had a name, Blinky. And I was like, wait, the Mm -hmm. pumpkin has a name? One is Blinky, one is Winky, I think. Wait, 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 what? Yeah, because there's there's two pumpkins because it's two different coasts. One is Blinky, one is Winky. Which is which then? I don't remember. Oh, Again, <laughs> you Halloween people are exhausting. I love y'all, but it is 100 <laughs> degrees outside. <laughs> it's going to be hot. I'm already dreading it for when we do go. I'm mentally preparing myself. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Okay, Rudy, this is what you wanted. You wanted to go after Labor Day weekend so everything could be dead, but you're going to be Are dying. you going to the Oogie Boogie party? Yeah, I'm going at night, and then we're going to do the regular California the day and just experience mm-hmm. the whole thing. That way we're not running around for the bash. And then mm-hmm. the following day on Wednesday, my dad, sister, her boyfriend, and I are going to go do regular Disneyland. Uh, okay. My mom was supposed to come with us, but she decided to back out. So I was like, ah, okay, fine. So it's just going to be the four of us. I couldn't. Um, I'm actually going to be on the West Coast in October, but I couldn't get Oogie Boogie tickets because they had a, a blip selling them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they were selling them again, I was busy and I didn't like, I think um, my friend and I, we were trying to figure it out, but both of us had things that were going on at the time that the tickets opened up. So I just won't be able to go if mm. I even, if I even add Disneyland to my West coast trip, cause I'm actually going to go be, I'm going to be in Vegas seeing Usher. Ooh. Oh, Usher. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm being thinking about that Usher. Kiki Palmer situation, but we're not here to talk about that. <laughs> that was a fun time. That, that was, was a moment. Fun time. <laughs> Haven't seen mm. her boyfriend on her uh, social media since that man mm. shot himself in the foot. Yep. But yep, it's fine. Whatever, bro. Yeah, yeah, okay. Do you go Kiki, go Walsher. Mm-hmm. And I will say this too. Uh, hopefully soon, I will be talking about my experience. Actually, your experience. Too. I want to talk about your experience at some point too. So soon, I want to talk about both our experiences and also what's going on for this new bash this year. So keep well, an I've eye never out for us. Been to Oogie Boogie because it only started what like two years ago. Oh, okay. I thought you've been to it at least once. Okay. Ugly Boogie only started two years ago, and I couldn't get there, and I was trying to go last year. Um, remember, I was supposed to go to D23, and I had tickets to D23 and couldn't get out there, and I had to give my tickets away? Mm, that's right. Okay, because it's only the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween that you've been to. Okay. Yeah, I, and then I didn't get to go to, and this is the one I truly regret, because it will never happen again, is that your Halloween party actually used to be in Disneyland, mm-hmm. not DCA, and man man, I would prefer to have it in Disneyland. Because 
uh, it's Halloween and then it's New Orleans Square, which is already has the perfect vibe for Halloweeny things. It's so I that I'm sad I never went to that one, but yeah, I've been to Mickey's Not So Scary quite a bit. It's a good time, and there was one year I randomly, it was a Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, and okay. Yeah, this life of ours. If you guys know who they are on YouTube, huge YouTube Disney family. I they're they're friends. Uh, Rachel, she said you should come down on Friday the Thirteenth, and I looked it up, and I think I found like a a round trip flight for $200 they had already had a hotel and then we bought tickets and that's when I had the annual pass and so I just literally randomly popped down and went to an Oogie Boogie here on Friday the 13th <laughs> oh boy <laughs> I mean not an Oogie, Be- a- Oogie Boogie a Mickey's not so scary and I was mm-hmm. like man and I think about it now I'm like I miss those days one I could never find a flight that cheap anymore Mm-hmm. And and two, everybody's too busy. Like they're too busy. I'm too busy. I miss the days when I could pop in and just hang out with them more. So mm-hmm. I miss you guys. And everything is so life. damn expensive, my lord. Yeah. yeah oh, good gosh. But I miss this life. But they actually have a video right now. If you guys want to go check it out, because you know I'm always letting you know what my lovely friends are doing. They went to the first night of Mickey's Not So Scary, and it is on their their YouTube right now. So this life of ours, D I S L Y F E. That's how they spell life um, of ours. So yeah, go check them out. And moving on to our second story. There seems to be some noise going on in the book community. Publishing company Simon & Schuster was sold by Paramount Global for reportedly $1.62 billion in cold hard cash to the private equity firm KKR. Simon & Schuster is one of the big five publishing companies, including Penguin Random House, HarperCollins Publishing, Hache Books Group, and Macmillan. This is pretty big news. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Uh, reportedly, Stephen King was actually against this because that's one of his, like, I, I believe that's his home in terms of book publishing. As I, I thought Stephen King was against it when Penguin Random House was trying to buy them. I don't think he was against this one. The other one then. All right. It was, yeah, because initially before this, Paramount was trying to unload the acquisition of Simon and Schuster because they bought it because Paramount was on a purchasing spree. Um, and then now Paramount don't got no money. So now, <laughs> now you're trying to get rid of everything they did. They bought everything. They, they were trying to offload it, and Penguin Random House was like, cool, we'll buy it. And I believe the Supreme Court was like, no, the hell you won't. Nope. Yep. <laughs> you know, the hell you won't. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not, because that means we'll go from having five houses to four houses, and that airs on the side of a monopoly. And you know they like to pretend like they care about that. They sold it, and when they were in the depths of the Penguin House thing, Stephen King came out and he was like, "Y'all bugging," basically is what he said. He's like, "Nah, y'all are wilding. This is too much." So mm-hmm. <laughs> big time against it. For that one, he—I don't think he—he's been against this one. And Simon Schuster is like a hundred hundred years old, old ass company. I think they first started in 1924. Correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong. I, yeah, think, I think it was so. 1924. My lord, they've been in the business for so mm-hmm. long. Yeah. Yeah. And according to the Guardian, originally it was supposed to be sold for 2.2 billion dollars, and it could have been the biggest company in the U.S. But of course, like you mentioned, the Biden administration threatened to sue in 2021. So yeah, are the fact that there are only five of them makes it harder for you to get books made and of course the books that are not getting made are books by people of color in underrepresented areas and you know that's mm-hmm. my whole thing like I was like well why that's why having like black authors sections in bookstores or having black owned bookstores because that's another thing independent bookstores completely it was another hyperfixation there are almost no bookstores anymore um, because of Amazon and Barnes and Noble, there are no little tiny bookstores mm-hmm. that you can just go to and enjoy. I'm glad that they didn't do that. I do wish there were more publishing houses, and I applaud everyone who self-publishes, which is a very hard, difficult, time-consuming, and expensive thing for you to do. But if you want to write a book, you should, because they're banning books, which means that we need to write more mm-hmm. as much as we can. And you know, here at the at, on the in the Grotto, we have a whole wall full of books. Look in Rudy's house. 
<laughs> putting me on the spot. <laughs> Guilty as charged, though, I will say that. I also want to add to your point about um, authors of color because I have, ugh, let's keep it real. If you want diverse stories, it's best you get them specifically from diverse authors because mm-hmm. when somebody outside of the community is writing diverse stories, it's, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. So <laughs> it's very hard. And I'm, I don't want to tell people that they're unable to explore their creative process, but there mm-hmm. are times when I'll read stuff and I'll be like, EGAT, you have no idea what's really going on, but you try Exactly. Your best, huh? <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, it's better when somebody from your own community writes something that's, it doesn't have to be relatable, but you know, maybe you crack a joke that only someone in your family would know or something like that. So it's nice. I read with my coworkers um, a few weeks ago, I'm not your perfect Mexican daughter. Mm. Yeah, and it was really good. good? And it's really, really good. Yes, it's surprisingly a mystery. It's a YA novel, but it's surprisingly a mystery. Um, I'm going to go to spoilers really quick. So spoiler alert. So at the beginning of the book, uh, Julia, her, she's the main character. Her sister gets hit by a bus. Oh. Yeah, so it starts off that. But then as time goes on, Julia finds out that her sister, I can't remember her sister's name. I am so sorry. But her sister apparently was seeing a married man and was oh. pregnant by him. Yes. Yes. So there's this whole other thing. There's also some mental health things that go on in this book that really surprised me. It's a coming of age story. But it really is amazing how, again, you're thinking this is going to be, and I told you this before, like, oh, I'm not really interested in YA stories because my mindset isn't set in high school. Like, I'm grown. Like, I want I want more grown stories. But the fact that this was a teenage character going through so many traumatic things, this is my exception to YA novels because it's like, wow, you know, just because they're in high school or this young, that doesn't mean that they don't go through these crazy epic experiences. Not Maybe not epic, but still you never know if you can relate to those things. So specifically me being Mexican, I identify with certain things. So that's why for me, I would rather go to diverse authors if I want specific diverse stories. So mm-hmm. I'm just mm-hmm. saying. And by yep. the way, I do recommend that book. I loved it. it. Again, I felt seen, even though I'm not a woman, but still, I just, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh it's... my gosh, this is so my mom. So yeah. It sounds real good. That's something that I would definitely put on my um, TBR. Just so you guys know, TBR means to be read. You're so, adding to the pile, Tasha? Yeah, I think I'm going to put that in my pile. And for our final story, we're going to stick to the book conversation just a little bit longer. So recently, Tasha, I don't know if you know this, there was a GQ magazine article written by Barry Pierce criticizing Book Talk and YouTube for basically, quote unquote, ruining reading to a certain extent. This is what he said, quote, in the shallow world of Book Talk, being a reader is more important than actually reading, end quote. Uh, In this article, he was criticizing the aesthetic of reading and, you know, just putting your books in a nice little pile and you know decorating it and then wearing cardigans and sweaters for some reason i don't know why that bugs him i'm guessing he's like in his 30s or 40s if it bugs him that much but still i have a lot to say about this but i want to know your thoughts on this first first of all you're in your 30s so no i know (laughs) i'm happy to be in my 30s i feel good not not too much not too much on 30s not too much (laughs) (laughs) not too much um uh as far as I did not read the article. Did you read the whole article? I did. And I was really disappointed with where he was going. I agree on one specific thing that I'll get into in a bit. But overall, I'm just kind of like, man, like, what are you talking about? So I don't know. This article felt more like a rant, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's GQ. So I'm not shading GQ, but it's not like it was a a deep dive in like the New York times or something. It, it, yeah. it sounds like it's an op-ed, which is an opinion piece. So he's just giving his opinion on something and he is right. But also he's kind of just rehashing the same thing that people say, whenever there's a new way to market something, I say that because we talk about Daniel Green's channel and Daniel Green actually started on what people call booktube, which is the YouTube side um, this is the book version of YouTube, not like reading a book, but like how there are niches on each platform. The niche is for book tube is literally people talking about books and what they read and why they like it. And the exact same pushback came to book tube when it became huge. 
So he's just complaining about a new way to market a book because book booktube markets books essentially because if I'm going to get on and tell you what everybody what I'm reading and then it becomes a viral sensation it's just a new way to become a viral sensation so he's just mad about marketing it's interesting how YouTube and TikTok have become this weird new way of like free promotion in a weird way well whenever a new platform lands so like first it was YouTube landed and then there was book talk on YouTube and then it was Instagram and then there's the Instagram version of people just talking about books and then there's book talk so it's yeah let me start off by saying this with why i mostly disagree with what he said mostly i'll get into why i sort of agree but i mostly disagree because it's like you know what there are people that are interested in reading and maybe they're just in a weird slump and they just don't know what to read next so maybe going on youtube for example daniel green i know we keep talking about him but he'll talk about what he's currently reading or like just new releases that maybe we're not familiar with. And the same thing goes for TikTok. I my criticism with TikTok is that it tends to be the same 20 YA-ish type of books. So that's like, mm, I don't know. But I also feel like whether it's Instagram or TikTok or YouTube, you can't find something always, no matter what it is from any genre something interesting that'll catch your eye maybe you've been aware of a popular book or popular book series where you're like you know what i'm gonna check this out i keep hearing about it i've been hearing it for months let me check it out you may or may not like it and honestly this is what i love about book conversations in particular because whenever i hear someone kind of be like oh i didn't like this popular book i'm like "Ooh, why so it's always nice to hear that i think also his criticism of people just doing it for the aesthetic I could see why, but if you're just liking a picture because it looks like a nice, cool, pretty picture of just somebody with a cardigan with their books and their coffee, it's like, yeah, so what? Like, it's their thing. So I, either way, they're paying for the book. So the author is getting their money, so they're paying for it. I'm not going to tell somebody what, what to do and what not to do with their money. So if they pay for the books that they're making aesthetic posts for, that's their business, honestly. So the fact that some people are bothered by it is like, okay. I think that's more of a commentary on how people are more into the aesthetics of things in general nowadays Mm -hmm. than it is a comment on book talk. And I think that maybe, and again, I didn't read the article, but he's commenting on something that's bigger than just book talk, but just focusing Mm -hmm. it on book talk. And I also wanted to bring up one thing, if, well, a few things, but if he's annoyed that book talk is selling certain books, or pushing certain books. Um, I'm old, so I remember when there wasn't social media and the only way that you could learn about a book was whatever was on the New York Times, mm-hmm. whatever was on talk shows, whatever was on the news. So there, there already was an existing like just space of information where these people are a little bit gatekeeping and they can decide what to push and what not to push. It's just moved to a different platform. So it used to be where if you wanted to know what was good, the only things that they ever had in Barnes and Nobles were this is what the New York Times bestsellers are. And that's what the the special table would be. Now there's a New York Times bestseller table. Now there's a this is what's viral on TikTok table. And there's a this is what's on YouTube table. And if anything, it just gives you that now there's more perspective than just the New York Times. And Tasha, let me. Okay, I I really got it. I'm going to say this again. You are not old, Tasha, okay? We've we've (laughs) talked about this. You are still young. You are only old when you need a hip replacement, okay? You got it. You're still young. I just, just so, because I have a point of reference that most people, not most people, there's there's something to be able to remember that time when it was, when I would go into the bookstore, when I would go into Walden Books, which doesn't even exist anymore. And, or like or borders, which doesn't even exist anymore. Oh, when I, I remember re- borders. I loved mm-hmm. it so much. It was expensive, but I loved it. Yeah, I remember going into those because I've always been a book person. Or a per- to go back to what I always say about supporting your local library, going into the library. There used to be a section in the library that was like New York Times. Now, when you go into the library, it says BookTube. It says TikTok. So TikTok. Yep. When he's with the article to me that I did not read, so I got a lot of opinions on it with a little bit of information. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just being, I'm admitting that mm-hmm. it sounds like he's just being old and crotchety and complaining. And he's not wrong. Yeah, they make it aesthetic, they make it pretty. They're not, they're not always reading the books, but there are some people who are making it aesthetic, making it pretty. 
and reading the books. So mm-hmm. it just became popular, and because it's po- you know popular things, people are, are disgusted by. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's an interesting commentary that he he made, but also like you said, just make him sound old. Even though you said thirties and forties, and uh, hey, be easy on that. Be easy no, on those okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, though. You know what I mean. I will say this though, on what I do agree with, because I feel like kind of falling into that aesthetic type of thing. I've noticed how some booktubers kind of lie and bullshit their way through the book review. For example, this one girl, I I can't remember the name of her YouTube channel, but this one girl allegedly was reading a celebrity book that she wanted to check out. It wasn't a memoir. It was just a book that the celebrity liked. I forget who the celebrity was, but it was one of those crazy thick books that was like seven, 800 pages. Mm -hmm. And she had a review of less than a minute when she finally got to the book and I'm like, wait, that's it. You have this crazy big book and you don't have anything to say. And I don't know, maybe this is me getting older and I can just like detect when somebody's lying more. I don't know, but I'm like, this girl did not read the book. Clearly mm-hmm. she had nothing to say. Yep. So, or, or right. She uh, did read the book. They asked her to read the book. You know, they paid her to read the book and uh-huh. she doesn't know how to give a review on something she doesn't like. so instead of her being able to be like I did not like this book and these are the clear concise valid reasons why I can dislike something because if you pay me for a review I'm going to give you my review whether it's positive or it's negative and I don't I also don't feel like um, there's some people who like you got to give the sugar and the spice if I didn't like anything about the book I'm going to tell you that I did not like anything about the book but that's not me telling you not to read the book that's me telling you the reasons why I did not like the book and you should listen to that. And if none of those things I say that you that I disliked would not bother you, then you should read the book. Like you, I can watch a negative review or if anything, for example, when I go to Amazon or when I go to buy anything, I read I only read negative reviews. Really? I only need Yeah, only read negative reviews because. When you don't like something, you're very passionate about it. And so you're very descriptive and you really go into it. And I'll read a negative review and I'll be like, none of that would bother me. I'm buying this thing. Like, <laughs> none of that, like, none of that that irritated you, none of it would bother me. So now that I know that's the worst thing about this product, this book, this movie, this show, and it's not something that would bother me, why, why wouldn't I watch it, read it, consume it, buy it? That's why I read negative reviews. People are like, that's so weird, but it makes the most sense. I say, yeah. I don't want to hear you gush about why it's great. I know why it's great because I'm already here and I'm already interested. Like, <laughs> tell me what you hate, and if I don't care about any of the stuff that you listed that you hate, I'm I'm gonna buy it anyway. And it just seems silly to say the least. And you know, read your books and take take everything with knowing that other people have their own opinions. But I do prefer, like you said, if someone's going to give me an opinion about something, that it is descriptive and that you talk mm-hmm. through it, especially if it's something you hate. Give me all the reasons why you hate it. I love it. Because it's, yeah. I'm like, you hated that? That was terrible? It was the worst for you? I don't care. I'm buying it anyway. Like, you can't Everyone has different tastes in books. Yeah. yeah. And I think I said this to you before. I was like, I, I, don't, I don't know if that's, that's just me as a personality thing or me as, like, I've just gotten to this place in life thing where I'm like, I don't care if you hate that. I like it. I don't care about you. Yeah. Again, you know what? Here's the thing, too. Yeah, people relax more reading books by 66%. And you know how everybody loves listening to music? With mm-hmm. music, it's 61% that'll help you relax. But with books, it's 66 So it's like people say, oh, I don't have the time to read. It's so boring. And it's like, mm, but you have the time to be on your phone and watch mm-hmm. all these shows and movies. So... You clearly do have the time. I know it's harder for people that have, you know, maybe a really demanding job or maybe families and little ones. So that I can kind of understand. But it's like if you have so much time to be on your phone, you could, again, get the Libby app or a Kindle, something so you can squeeze in time. So, again, give these authors a chance, even the new ones, because, again, you're missing out on some great stories. Again, you never know. Maybe if you want something to escape with or something relatable, you can always find something. So there's something for everyone, literally. So especially now in today's world, there's literally everything for everyone at this point. It's bizarrely amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's all we have for today on Fantastic News. If you have anything fantastic that you would like for us to discuss, 
please send us a message on Instagram at the Fantastic Grotto. And now we're going to take a. Welcome back from break, everyone. That was fun, right? Taking a break. Yeah. We enjoy breaks. <laughs> <laughs> we also, as you heard, enjoy books. So I want to introduce you guys a new segment of the show. Uh, I read a lot. Woody reads a lot. We're trying to incorporate books more into the show. And so what we're going to start doing is slightly recapping a book that we're both reading together. Just a tiny bit. Not too much, though. Not too much. And then we're going to have a full review episode of whatever the book was. Very similar to our episode last week where we went over uh, our Goosebumps book. But I did want to ask you guys a question. Would you prefer if we did book reviews at the end of an episode as our main topic like we did last week? Or did you want us to do kind of like when we do our movie reviews where it's just an episode where we just get straight in and we just talk about the book? Let me know. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out what might work best. What you guys tell me is what I would do. So here's our new segment, our book review. Right now we are reading the prequel to the hunger games right yeah written by suzanne collins it's called the ballad of songbirds and snakes we are up we finished chapter 17 so we've gone one to 17 um the ballad of songbirds and snakes is dystopian action adventure by suzanne collins it's a spinoff and a prequel to the hunger games trilogy and it was released in 2020 and it was by by scholastic which is one of the big one of the big boys oh, yeah. <laughs> all right <laughs> we love scholastic you guys remember those scholastic book fairs and uh random aside absolutely having nothing to do with anything but in the scholastic offices which i've had to go in quite a few times what the, yeah mm-hmm. um there is when you first walk in you know when you walk into these big huge uh, office buildings in New York, there's always like someone who's there down on the first floor security, and there's always a big art installation behind them. The big art installation behind this person in the Scholastic building is a huge Harry Potter installation. Okay? It's, I believe it's him writing Fox. I, I'll have to find the picture, but yeah. Just Aww. so y'all know. If you can pop your head in the Scholastic building, if you're a Potter fan, just to see that real quick and then leave, worth it. Because you don't, like, you're not going past the elevator, so you don't have to talk to security. But that's fine. <laughs> but back to the point of what we're talking about, the Battle of Songbirds and Snakes. Uh, we, we talked about it on this show before. It follows young Snow. Corne- I believe it's Cornelius Snow, but that's not what his name is right now. It's, oh my gosh. Can we talk about the name really quick? <laughs> I see several names. Wait, go ahead. Yeah, I actually hate it. And I'm doing the audio and the physical of this. Mm-hmm. So actually, I think it's Carly, Carlianis. Yeah, something remember. like that. But you know what? I'm glad that Tigress early on, I think this was still in chapter one, she's, she calls him Corio. Yeah. So that's what I've been calling him in my mind because I don't want to trip over words or his name while I'm reading. I'm like, okay, Corio, Corio, Corio. So thank God she called him that because like you, I thought it was Cornelius. And I'm like, it's not that, Rudy. It clearly it's says not. something else. No, It's definitely not. But in so, the... Hunger Games, it was Cornelius, right? I honestly, no, I think it was Corianus or however it's pronounced, but should we just call him Snow just to make it easier? Or do you want to call him Corio? We can call him Corio, but I think he might have been Cornelius Snow. Unless he changed it, yeah, possibly. Yeah, I'm thinking because we, we're not finished with the book yet, guys, so maybe he had like a name change. I don't know, but um, I wanted to up front, be up front with my complaint she mm. says his name so much, and I hate this name so much. <laughs> yes, see, that's my struggle. That's why I'm like, I'm gonna call this man Corio. I can't. It's like it's a lot, and you know what? A lot of characters have all these complicated names. Uh, I, like, I hate this name, and she just I keeps know. saying it. Uh, we're talking full spoilers, by the way, just so you guys know. But yes, it was so frustrating. Why does Suzanne hate me so? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> Darn you, Suzanne. <laughs> so, just like I said, real quick, up to 17. How do you feel about the writing so far? 
thank you. I wanted to bring that up. I forgot how much I loved her writing style when I read the original trilogy. Love the original books. If you have not read them, please go check them out. I love that you're in Katniss's head. Sorry, I don't want to get sidetracked. But that first book in particular, you're in her head a mm -hmm. lot. And again, mm -hmm. love Katniss as a character. And Suzanne did such an amazing job writing. Uh, with her writing style, she's writing this dystopian society, this broken world. And Dy I'm glad dystopian dystopian. Thank you. Dystopian. Yeah. Dystopian. Thank you. And I love that. It's not complicated to read. Um, the original trilogy was a fun, fast read. It was like a great pace, even with this book. Uh, so even though this is a prequel, you still understand everything that's going on. And Tasha, I'm not going to lie. Even though we know that this is a broken world as a fan, it feels strangely good to be back in Pan Am, even though you know how crazy and messed up it is. But like, it's nice being in this world and kind of being on the edge leading up to the games because I've been on the edge because I'm like rooting for Snow, surprisingly, and also Lucy Gray. We'll get to Lucy in a bit. I love her, but I love her writing style. So whether it's something really detailed that she's explaining, it's smooth and detailed and easy to understand because I feel like if you're not careful, it could get lost in translation. But I remember back with the first Hunger Games book, this is so random. I remember Katniss after she was chosen or volunteered, whatever. She was on the train on the way to the Capitol. She woke up and the way Suzanne described the silverware that Katniss was looking at, she's never seen anything like it. And the way the food smelled and looked as small as those details were, just the way she described it. I was like, okay, I like her writing style. Again, it's random. But I'm following these characters, even the small characters I'm enjoying. Uh, some small characters in particular have me losing my mind, but we'll get to that in a bit. But what did you think of her writing style for this book? Um, this is why I think that you might actually like YA novels more than you think, because this <laughs> is this particular book. The writing style is um, it's, it's almost elementary for me. Oh, oh OK. <laughs> OK. I'm like Ugh, this. I can. I, I. I. It feels a little predictable. Don't get me wrong. I'm. I know it's a prequel, so it. It does like we should know where this. We kind of know where it ends. Like we know he be who he becomes. We know what's gonna happen. The development of things is not really making sense for me. So, for example, mm -hmm. in this book, we're supposed to be following him, and he is an old family in Pan Am. We are at the 10th Hunger Games, which is really early in the games, if you consider, which means they're 10 years after the war. Mm -hmm. And he is pretending to be uh, wealthy, even though they have nothing. And he teeters back and forth between being a terrible person and being an okay person. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't really like how she goes back and forth. I'm like, not that I don't want her to go back and forth, but... It's as if her attempt to make him complicated and layered, it, do, it doesn't land quite as well for me. And I don't know if it's going to get better deeper in the book. I don't think so. I think this might just be the best way to explain it for this particular age range. And I told you this too before we read it. I was like, mm, I don't know. Like, it's kind of hard to root for a certain villain. So I'm glad here it's nice to see what he was like. But to your point, you do see shades of that future Snow, President He's Snow. terrible. Yeah, <laughs> you see the shades because I remember, I can't remember if this was chapter four or five, but I remember there was one line specifically where he was talking about manipulation. I can't remember who he was talking about. If it was one of his classmates, I think that's who he was referring to in his mind. And I was like, oh, okay, we're getting some early shades of President Snow early on in the book. Interesting. Actually, let me tell you guys what the book is. The book is Snow. It's the 10th Hunger Games. This is the first time that they're going to have, what are they called again? What Snow is to Lucy? Mentors? The right? mentor and the reaping, yes. Yeah. So, but, you know, we know that Katniss has a mentor and he is a previous winner from the same district as her. And so everyone does have mentors. So clearly the this at 10, Hunger Games 10, they're still trying to figure out how to make the games work. They decided to have mentors that, from the capital that speak to everyone from the district. It's still early enough that people are not actually watching the show. Snow is the one who decided that people should be able to send things in because he wanted to be able to send things to Lucy. So we see in the, yeah, manip literally. So it was, this is the literal like bare bones 10th 
Hunger Games would be like watching the 10th Super Bowl or the 10th NBA Finals. They're still figuring it out. And Lucy is the one from District 12 that he is mentoring. You find her interesting? I do. I like, she's actually my favorite character. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm rooting oh, for her. Oh, she's not mine. She's not my favorite character. No. <laughs> no, no. I'm rooting for her. I, I, but at the same time, it's like, there's no mention of her at all. Obviously, it's Candace destroying the original trilogy. But it's like, is Lucy going to make it? I don't know. So I, I feel bad for her because she doesn't have anyone not really and now she's thrown into this also i love the fact that when they were like what's your district she's like well i'm not really a part of any district i just kind of like was passing by and you guys like put me in your business and now here i am yeah Yeah. (laughs) she's like i mean i know you're never you're not so katniss hunger games is the 74th hunger games Mm -hmm. this is the 10th hunger games so 64 years prior 64 to that. 64 years prior. Katniss isn't even a twinkle in her mother's eye. Mm-hmm. I don't even think her mother's even alive. 64, no. Mm-mm. So her grandparents might maybe be alive. So we're not going to get much Katniss. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that they may try and make it so that they they find a way to give us some Katniss. Everdeen like a, or just Everdeen family. Yeah, or that. And I, I I, I hope not. I hope not either, just because this is a problem with books and movies and TV in general lately, because it's like everyone's connected to someone or, oh, it's the bloodline. It's like, oh, the great, great. Um, it's like, we don't need it. Like, why do we need a reference to something yeah. in the past? Yeah. So, I don't for, want so it. Me either. You know who, you know what really surprised me uh, when I started reading the book? I was surprised and refreshed my memory that Tigris and Snow our cousins because i was reading that i was like wait 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 what mm-hmm. they're cousins mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i was trying so hard to remember to the old book series i was like wait was this ever stated in the original books? i don't remember me That's either yeah. i don't remember and um i just i think it's very interesting because that tigress looks like a human right now yes i'm glad you brought that up we're not uh, and and again we've been we've been talking a little bit too long but tigress looks like a human right now i wonder not even I wonder, I'm going to say, I feel like Snow is going to do something that makes us, makes Tigress turn into who she becomes. Mm-hmm. He's going to throw, he's going to toss her to the wolves to save himself. Yeah. So yeah. I'm curious to see how this book is going to end because, okay, even though we're not done with this, do you think this is going to be a standalone book or a, a Yeah, trilogy? I don't think she's, I don't think she's going back to this. Uh, when I look at it, it says it's a standalone Oh, okay. All right. Good mm-hmm. to know. All right, then. Wow. So... Now, if she's going to come back to it, it was published two years ago. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't I don't think she's going to come back to it. She can definitely come back to the world. And when we do our full book review, we'll talk a little bit more about Suzanne. But Suzanne started out being a writer for television. Oh, cool. All yeah. right. Good for you, Suzanne. That was our very mild, brief, one through 17, initial feelings, thoughts, favorite characters, ideas. So stay tuned because we are going to have more. And in this moment, I also want to bring up to you guys that we have subscriptions open. So for a subscription price every month, you will have access to listen to our episodes without any ads. There will also be extended episodes and some additional content. So go ahead subscribe we already have some you know some some people on there getting getting to listen to this without the ads getting the extended episodes so every topic that you hear us talk about we probably have an additional 10 to 15 minutes that we've talked about that i've cut down so (laughs) those extended episodes are fun and worth the listen so we're gonna bring this specific topic to a close this segment of the show to a close and let you know you should sign up for subscriptions all right, but um, <laughs> moving on to the main topic of today's show. So I went out on Saturday. We were throwing my friend a surprise baby sprinkle. Aww. And I was setting up and my friend came up to me and she said, I love your outfit. Send me the link. And I said, oh, yeah, sure. I'll send it to you. And then I said, oh, bitch, I went to the store and bought this. There's no link for this. Like. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like what is this in 2004 did you go to the mall <laughs> and I was like I didn't go to the mall but it made me think how much I miss the mall when's the last time you've been to the mall 
been to the mall well that's where our movie theater is at so i'm there all the time but oh. again it's just yeah half of it well more than half is like closed down there's literally nothing in there if you had if it didn't have a movie theater would you go to the mall no that's how bad it is mm. i would not set foot in there had it not like i'm not even interested in the food courts or the stores there like, uh, but the do you remember when it was good Yes, I do. When I was little, because we had so much more back in the day. And mm-hmm. now it's just you can get a tumbleweed and just toss it in the mall and it wouldn't make a difference, honestly. Yeah. So that's what today is about. It's about the mall when it was great. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's about the mall when it was a place when you get to go there, when your parents would actually let you go. They'd be like you and your friends could walk around the mall. I think malls, according to my research, they didn't really come into prominence until like the fifties. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So it they normally have they happen during an economic boom. The um, fifties were post World War Two. That's when uh, you know the guys were coming home. They got all the GI bills. They were given extra money, and that's when we first started getting um, suburban areas. And things like that. So we were in a place where we had a lot of money. So we were just shopping and buying things. And then malls got like huge in the 80s. And then it started to decline like in, you know, the later days. And then post, uh, during COVID and then post COVID, like you said, there's like nothing in malls. Uh, So, but I am old and I still love the mall. Oh, my God. You're not old. You are not old. Oh, let me tell you something. I don't think you talk to kids because if you ask kids about the mall, they go, what is that? Oh, Lord. Uh-oh. Yeah. You don't got enough kids in your life. When you get enough children around you, you'll be like, I am. <laughs> I like my peace and quiet, but go ancient. ahead. <laughs> I am ancient and these kids are assholes. that we can agree on yes no disagreement i am ancient and these kids are assholes (laughs) but um so just in in general like the decline of shopping malls in the united states malls were still being built at a rate of 140 a year in the 90s but in 2001 we found out through a price waterhouse coopers study that the malls were underpaying and they were vacant. And then in 2007, a year before the Great Recession, um, they found that there were malls were not doing good and they started closing, closing stores. But we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about the sad part of the malls. We're going to talk about when it was popping because yeah. I I used to work in the mall. Did you? Oh, did you, did you now? Oh, listen, honey, that's what the money was. Okay, <laughs> it was the money I worked. Uh, my first job was not in the mall, but um, I've also had quite a few jobs. Some person that has two, three jobs at a time. So my first mall job, I believe, was Victoria's Secrets. Oh, okay. I've worked in Victoria's Secrets. I've worked in um, Victoria's Secrets in Green Acres Mall. And you're not from New York, so that means nothing to you. But shout out to people who know what that means. Then I switched over to... Roosevelt Field Mall and uh, my boyfriend at the time he worked at Nordstrom I worked at um, Nordstrom I worked at Coach Um, Bougie yeah I told you where's the money where does it reside that's where she will be (laughs) (laughs) she's going where the money resides but I used to love as a kid 11 or 12 did they let you go and walk around the mall by yourself with your friends Oh, no. Honestly, my mom didn't trust us growing up like that. Oh, my gosh. They didn't Uh -uh, let you walk around the store? Okay. No, it wasn't until I was maybe like 16. Yeah. She was like, no, you're so. 16. Yeah. Besides, I was getting my own car at that time, too. So it was like, you know what? I get more freedom. So I was able to do that more. You didn't get to go to the mall by yourself until you were a little bit older. But Mm -hmm. when I was younger, I would go to the mall and your girl was in Claire's. Do you remember Claire's? Well, yeah, we have that one in our store. Not in our store, not in our mall. Yeah. That's where I got my ears. I got all my earrings as a kid. Big. Did you get your ears pierced there too? No, I got my ears pierced on Jamaica Avenue in the Coliseum block, which you have no idea what that means. But mm-hmm. other people who do know what that means know it was uh, <laughs> it's a little ghetto. Um, <laughs> a little ghetto, but I love it. So Claire's was my favorite store when I was younger. Where did you go? What did you do in the mall? For our mall, we used to have this laser tag place that also had like an arcade and air hockey. I love that. Yes. And there were also, this was strange too. So it was a tiny little arcade 
it was a small small kind of like laser tag type of thing and a the tiniest little food court like literally was more just like a little corner and then too there were two movie theater screens randomly and this was long years before the movie theater that we have now downstairs but this was upstairs and i remember it just had two like movie theater screens it was small it was kind of like in a movie like independent movie theater type of thing where it's like only a few seats mm-hmm. in there and I remember watching a few movies there with my dad and family. And when it got shut down, I was like, no, just because I love air hockey and the fact that it was like, you know, pizza right there, too. I loved it and I missed it. And it's so sad. And the laser tag, too. That was really mm-hmm, fun. But mm-hmm. it's gone now. Did you shop in Hot Topic? Was that a thing you went to or no? I did. I don't have that one in the mall till this day. We have Spencer's, which I know technically is not the same thing. Oh my God. Uh-huh. Spencer's. Hours yes. of fun, zero money spent. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember being in Spencer's looking at like, oh, they just used to have random things. They're literally the most random things ever. And yeah, you're just kind of like, wow, what is this? This is for like mm-hmm. the public? Oh, okay. So you never had to work in the mall? Uh, well, here's the thing. So the Macy's that I used to work at is in the mall. Mm, so you was at yeah. an anchor store like me. like uh-huh. Yeah. And I, uh, I'm so glad I left years ago. <laughs> but still, though, even during my breaks or lunches, I'm like, I don't want to be in the break room. I don't want to walk around because, like, I know this mall. There's nothing. So that's why I'm just kind of like, well, what do I do? Like, should I go out for lunch? Should I just go out for a walk? And I'm like, no, I'm not going to go out for a walk in the mall. It's It's ridiculous. So... Well, how old were you? I was 20 because I was doing part time. I think I was 21, 2, and 3 when I was ah, out there. Yeah. Uh huh. I believe I was working in the mall from like 19 to about 24, 24, 25. And I, you, again. Wait, did you have multiple jobs at the same time while working in the mall? Yeah. Wait, I have a question because I remember this was an issue with one coworker that management brought up. Did anyone ever tell you, oh, you're working for an- another store in the mall? This is a conflict of interest. Yep. Like, Competing oh, stores. Yeah. Okay. That All never right. was a problem for me because I knew like where you couldn't work. I would be like, if I work here, I know I can't work here. It's never a problem for anchor stores. Like Nordstrom had, does not care if you work at, um, at, at Macy's or at mm-hmm. Bloomingdale's. They don't care because mm-hmm. they're bigger. But you'll have a problem if you work at the limited and, I don't know, like, <clears throat> like if you work at, like, the limited and New York company before they were owned by the same people. It's like, that's a conflict of interest. None of it is a conflict of interest. You want to know why? I'm not interested in none of this. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> They're I'm not just, the ones paying the bills or the rent. That's messed up. Yeah, I'm not interested in any of this because I'm only interested in this paycheck. This is not my career. The so only reason why I ask is because I remember specifically there was this girl at Macy's that I worked with. Uh, I don't know why, but she told management that she got a part-time job because she was part-time there at Macy's too. She got a part-time at Toys R Us during the holiday season because she really needed the money. And obviously gifts and all that, you can't really buy that many gifts and pay rent or whatever with a part-time job. So for some reason, she told them, hey, I'm working at Toys R Us too. And they told her straight up, conflict of interest you got to choose one it's them or us like you got to choose one i think it might have been the season for that because normally macy's doesn't care mm-hmm. it's a conflict of interest probably because it was holiday season they're like no we need you to be available all the time mm-hmm. but like i said big stores never, normally don't care that's very very interesting they told her that they can't or you know maybe they hated her <laughs> no, possibly <laughs> Maybe, Maybe they were trying they to get rid of her. Sis. Who knows? And they were trying yeah. to get rid of you, but I love the like mall work stories. Like I worked in the mall, and this happened. I have some great mall work stories. Um, my friend, she used to work at the mall, and her boyfriend worked at the mall. Her husband now, and some guy kept dropping off flowers to mm-hmm. her. She had like a secret admirer. <laughs> her husband went to the flower shop and told him, "Don't, don't, don't give her no more flowers." <laughs> <gasps> Oh. He said, I can't find the guy who's doing it, but I can find y'all. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite of their like stories. Um, and they actually met when she worked at the mall and she was coming home. She was in the going on the bus stop. Just like I used to be at the mall with my boyfriend. He got me my job at Nordstrom, which was such a big deal for me to have Nordstrom job because that was like big time money for me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Your girl was out here making money. But I wanted to ask you, what is your favorite mall food? 
Maw food? Ooh, okay. It's between a Chinese food restaurant. I think I've gone there the most because everything else is just typical, like milkshakes or like Subway or just something like that. I refuse to try the Mexican food there. I don't know why. I just don't trust them. It's like if Mexican food isn't made by my people, I don't want it. So no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, don't mess with my food or my culture. Nope. Um, so it's either the Chinese food restaurant or this pizza place, uh, not because of the pizza, but because of the pasta. Ooh. Yeah, the pasta was really good. I've only been there twice, so I would say the Chinese food place. Everyone likes the Chinese food in the mall. It's mm. we call it mall food. I'm like, I want to go get mall food, and that's very specifically meaning that I want to get it's either Chinese food or it's Japanese cuisine. Ooh. One of the two. Yeah, it's either Chinese or Japanese, really. Um, if you pay attention, you you probably you might be calling Japanese food Chinese food, just so you know. Um, like, no, it's legit Chinese. No, they made yeah. it. Me. <laughs> just because I'm like, there's that too. So I always tell people, I'm like, just be careful because those are different, guys. Yes, exactly. <laughs> those are different. But yeah, there's like the Japanese food where you go and then like put the food in your plate and they load it up and you get a ton of food. Is that how yours is? Where it's just like a like the styrofoam container and they're like a main and two sides. Yep, that's exactly yeah. what it was. Yeah, it was so good. <laughs> and because you're poor, it's like I can eat this twice, so it's worth the money. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I've been there. I know the things. Yeah. Wait, I have a question. Uh, sp- sticking to the mall and all the jobs that you work there, uh, how did you survive the holidays? I love the holidays. Really? Like even with the madness with the customers? I was making, I was uh, able to get more hours. Oh, okay. I was uh, tired. I Don't get me wrong. I was very tired. Uh huh. But I'm also a person who used to work from seven o'clock in the morning to 11 o'clock at night and be like, all right, I'm going to do it again tomorrow. That's why I'm, that's why I'm na- now at this age, I'm tired perpetually. <laughs> 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 but I, I'm just, I'm, I'm a woman who, I'm going to go to work. I'm going to go make me some money. If it's money, mm-hmm. then I'm going to go get it. But, it was it was it was worse when I worked someplace that wasn't commissioned. Once I moved over to Nordstrom and it was commissioned, I let's do this. Let's let's get let's get it. <laughs> I remember when I worked at Macy's, because uh, whether you were working full time or part time, you had to go to the main office if you wanted to like give up your hours for the day or the next day, whatever. And I remember I was originally scheduled to work uh, Christmas Eve or the twenty third. I can't remember. I think it was Christmas Eve in the morning. And I thought to myself, nope, I'm not doing this. I know there's a lot of like temp hires that really need hours. Let's see who's going to take it. I know somebody will. Uh, I refuse to work Christmas Eve. I'm not going to put up with someone's craziness. Nope, nope, nope. And I remember it was this guy who picked up the hours and he regretted it because I remember coming back after the day after Christmas and he was like, hey, man, I picked up your shifts. And I was like, oh, how did it go? He's like, man, it was crazy. Like people, it was like a long line and I was by myself. And I'm like, yep, I'm glad I gave my hours away. I'm not putting up with that. No. No. I'm good. I, I'm good. I, I, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it, and I'm gonna make the money. Um, but I'm also was the person who um, I didn't like being there. Don't get me wrong. Nobody thought I was pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't pleasant. I'm just. I'm gonna go make some money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm also like fast on the retail, like fast, like ringing people up, and I will clean the the end of the night though. The cleaning up, <sighs> the worst. The absolute worst. I have another question because we talked about the mall food that you like. Yeah. Um, and I know you said that your mall isn't great, but you've been to other malls. So think about that, right? Um, the war of the mm-hmm. mall desserts. Are you a Cinnabon guy? Are you an Auntie Annie's guy? Ooh, Are you a Cinnabon. Mrs. Fields cookies guy? Because these are things you can only get in the mall. I know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to go with cinnabon. I love cinnamon and just like I, I have a sweet tooth. So, oh my god, cinnabon for sure. Cinnabon is it. your. I I don't know. I might. I might be a pretzel girly. I might Ooh, be. Good though. They're so good. I might be a pretzel girly. But you're right. The cinnabon is so gooey and especially served warm. But the problem is, they don't. They're not always made the right the the gooey the gooey level, <laughs> right? Like you know, you go sometimes you're like you, y'all got it is the right goo. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> sometimes it's actually stiff and just mm. not really chewable. It's just I don't mm. know. It's but a 
But a pretzel is already chewy, so they can't really. I feel like you can't mess that up. Mm-mm, not at all. So I don't know. I don't know if I'm a, a Cinnabon girly or a pretzel girly. I think I'm a pretzel girly. So that was the mall. How much fun we had. How much fun we had working there. Random work stories. I'm sad you didn't have the experience as a kid because at like 12, the little measure of independence that my mom and um, my friend's parents gave us, we were able to walk around the mall and then buy our own clothes. When did you get to buy your own clothes? I think maybe like 15 with the, the with the very few, you know, allowance money I was able to yeah. get a birthday money. Yeah, they give like you 15. this and they're like, here, you can do it yourself. Yeah, but everything I liked was expensive, so it would be just <laughs> like a shirt, just one for like a few weeks, and then until I could like rack up money again. But yeah, so it wasn't a lot. All right, so this is unrelated. Not there's nothing to do with the mall, but this is very interesting to me. When did you did you ever travel to school by yourself? Yeah, plenty of times. Like when? When were you allowed to do that? So I would say for elementary, actually, our walk was like a 15-minute walk to our school, thankfully, because we live close by. It's strange yeah. enough. It's weird. My mom let us yeah. go to school by ourselves, was, but not to the mall. I don't I know was why, like, maybe. you could walk to school in elementary, but your mother did not let you go to the mall. In broad daylight. I don't know. Maybe my mom thought, I'm going to ask her about this, actually. I'd be like, hey, yeah. are you afraid that we were going to get kidnapped at the mall or something? I don't know. You know what? There's a lot of telenovelas that do that. Where the kid, yeah, I kid you not. I kid you not. I'm sad that you didn't get that, that you were able to walk to school, but you didn't get to go to the mall at 13 with your no. friends and cruise in the food court. I was robbed. You were I robbed. robbed. I would go when no. I was 12 and I would have all my Claire's earrings that looked like I came straight out of the Clueless movie. And as if yeah. sit at the food court with my friends at Sabaro, those of you who remember Sabaro, and eat the pizza and have the best time. And I just realized when my friend joked about the mall that I was like, ah, oh, the mall, what a time to be alive. <laughs> so I want to talk to you about the mall. So yeah, thank you for talking with me about the mall. Fun. I hope you guys like the mall episode now. Don't get me wrong. I could do more about them all. This was cursory, just a slight little bit. But we can have a whole conversation truly where I go into depth about Spencer's. A whole conversation where we truly go into depth about Claire's and how it's developed young girls. Okay? Or develop young boys. Or develop young days. Because everybody's included here. All right, so guys, we want to just bring it to an end, remind you again to follow us on all the socials. Think about subscribing because we're extended episodes. Um, There are episodes with no ads and there's some exclusive content that is going to be back there. Thank you to anyone who's already subscribed. Thank you to everyone who is always listening to us. We appreciate you guys. We appreciate everyone who answers the question, who leaves a voicemail, who comments on our Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. We appreciate it all. Let us know if there's anything specific that we didn't talk about that you want us to talk about. And um, yeah, just keep in contact with us. Hope you guys are enjoying this as much as we enjoy doing it. So keep an eye out for us, you guys. We are very happy with what we have in store for the next couple of weeks. So keep an eye out. And until next time, bye.